Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God, and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Thank you, Sam, who I actually married. Just saying. All right, I'm going to start with Jesus. You know, when Matt held up that piece of bread this morning in communion, I thought we have to recognise that it is about the death of Jesus. But you know what it's not actually fully about? It's not actually about death. It's about life. Jesus died and we have to be aware of that because that is the weight of what he had to do. That was the weight of our sin and he had to do something pretty massive to make us right again, yeah? But the point for us is when we think about Jesus' death, we have to recognise that we have been given life. So every time you hold that piece of bread and you take it, you, you remember that I'm being given life. I'm being given access back to the Heavenly Father, back to the things of God. I'm in good relationship and good standing with God and Jesus because... He died and it gave me life and life to the full. The other thing that God is talking to me about at the moment is, and I think I've mentioned it a few times from the platform this year, that I've been thinking about the Lord's Prayer. And again, God has brought me back to the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Did you know that in heaven, no one's homeless? Did you know that in heaven, nobody is hungry? I don't know if we eat or if we don't eat, but we are not experiencing lack in terms of lack of food. We are not hungry. In heaven, you are not unwell. Physically, you're not unwell. You're not... um, emotionally or mentally unwell, you are not unwell. In heaven, you are not lonely. You are not afraid for your finances. You are not scared for your safety. You are not walking around feeling isolated. You are none of those things in heaven. And I think for the majority of my life, when I have thought about this notion of bring your kingdom to earth, bring heaven to earth, I've thought about very spiritual things. I've thought about I'm going to feel good and I'm going to feel God's presence and I'm, I don't know what I was thinking, but in the last few weeks, what God is speaking to me is that it does look like all those wonderful, deeply spiritual things. It does look like worship. It does look like direct communication with God. It does look like feeling His presence, but it also looks like safety. It also looks like financial security. It also looks like 
my body is healed and whole and well and I'm not experiencing anxiety or depression. That is what it looks like when heaven comes to earth. And if God is saying to us that we should pray your will be done and your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, he doesn't just mean that you will be aware of God and that you will feel like you're in relationship with him. He means that you are safe and looked after and well. Is that exciting? He means that his church who is calling out to God to say, Lord, make it on earth like it is in heaven. He means for you to be part of the journey that actually solves or benefits the community in terms of social justice issues. And that is why CareNet exists. I believe that the church... This church and the churches that we're in partnership with are being given strategies to improve food security in our community. Not because that's just a good way for community to be, but because that is heaven on earth. I believe that churches are going to be given strategies to end homelessness to bring housing security, to fix the housing affordability market. I believe that the church, if the church decides to move this way and and recognise that housing and food and security is heaven on earth, I believe that there will be churches that, that play instrumental roles in ending homelessness, in supporting family violence victims, but also supporting the perpetrators of violence to be whole and healed and not do that. I believe that God has the answer to every social injustice that is on the planet. Do you believe that? I believe that. And when we started the CareNet program as one tiny pantry, four volunteers, just a few hundred of kilos of food a week, I did not know that. I thought we were just going to feed a handful of people because that would be real nice because we're the church and we want to do nice things. I did not see the bigger picture, but God is showing me that we are being given influence over food security in our direct community. And I'm going to be as bold as to say that if we keep our eye on Jesus and our 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 direction towards God, I believe that we are going to have an impact on food security, not just for Manningham, not just for Victoria, but potentially for Australia. Do you believe it? Would you like to see that? Is that the God that you believe in? That is the God that I believe in and that is why I am so excited. I just remembered I've been given the clicker. All right. And I'm going to do my best today, guys, to not use it like a microphone. (laughs) But if I do, you feel free to have a little giggle and then I'll realise what I've done. All right. So I do really believe that is the why behind CareNet. That is the why behind CareNet. Because heaven on earth, his kingdom on earth looks like food security. And that is what God is speaking to us about, to me about right now. And that that is where he is working Um, in our community through us. So I want to 
earthly perspective, did you know that what I do? What I do? Huh, that's the one I wanted. Okay. Did you know that according to Food Bank's 2022 hunger report, one in five Australians experienced severe food insecurity in the last 12 months? And did you also know that according to the Department of, it's a really long name, it's something like Energy, Climate, Environment and Waterways or something, um, the equivalent of one in five grocery bags across the food supply chain ends up in landfill. I mean, there's the world's wisdom for you. <laughs> Isn't that bonkers? One in five Australians have gone hungry, not just hungry, but severely food insecure, and one in five bags of groceries go into landfill. We are here to help with that problem. CareNet now distributes food and also rescues it from supermarkets. We rescue over a thousand kilos of food every week and we make it available to the community so that that is not wasted and that goes to be part of the solution to food security. And that is heaven on earth that we can fix that. So CareNet's values... We firmly believe in respect, dignity, generosity, and we've added since last time, sharing or collaboration. To me, in CareNet, respect means that we respect all cultures, all faiths, all sexualities, all gender identities, all people, no matter how they present, who, what they say or who they are. We respect them. That doesn't mean we affirm everything that they're choosing to do. It just means that we recognise that they have the power and the choice over their life and we might believe something different, but we love them. We love them just how they are, just like God loves us, just how we are. We also believe how we walk out respect at CareNet is that when somebody comes into CareNet and says, I need food, we just believe them. We don't make them prove it to us. We don't make them tell us why so that we can kind of judge them a little bit and say, you weren't very good at this or what not. Like we, that's not what we're about. You walk into Kenna and you say, I need food and we just believe you because that is respect. The other thing that we do as the church being, being the founder of CareNet is that we respect that when people come here for food because they're experiencing financial hardship or food insecurity, we recognise they've come here for food and not necessarily Jesus. So we give it to them without using it as bait to enter into a religious conversation because we just love on them because that is the gospel. We love on them, we speak hope to them, we make their life a bit easier by giving them good food. And if we are given the privilege down the track through relationship to share a bit, a bit more about our faith, we do it then. But that is respect, that's respectful relationships. Do you agree? That's what we do. 
Dignity to us looks like food that is nutritious, looks like food that is desirable and that it's recognisable. So we put it, we try to provide food that is not just appropriate for me and my very whiteness and westernness, but also to our community members who are of different cultures and backgrounds. There are things out there that I have no idea how to cook, like plantain. Now, I, I think South Africans eat plantain. Is that right? Me? Have no idea. But some people want it. And, you know, so it's about recognising that you're different to me and there's dignity in recognising that we give you food that you want. Um, and we do not believe in beggars can't be choosers. We don't call anybody beggars. We don't believe everybody, anyone's a beggar anyway. But regardless of their financial position, they have the right and the dignity. We support the dignity for them to say, yes, please, no, thank you. I don't like that. That's fine. That's good. We want to give them what they want. Generosity. We know what generosity is because we are a generous, generous church. We are a generous church. And if we are ever unsure at CareNet, I tell my team at CareNet, because sometimes people want a lot, okay? And that's because they're in a lot of hardship or they're afraid of being in a lot of hardship. Whichever one it is, that's fine. Sometimes people want a lot and it, we can be a bit unsure. Should we give it to them? Should we not give it to them? I have told my team and given my team the full permission to if you're going to make a mistake, make it in the direction of generosity. I'm not going to worry if you gave too much to someone. I am going to worry if you gave too little to someone. So let's be generous. Let's make mistakes in the direction of generosity because God's a big God and if we get it wrong, then bless them and God can fill us back up again. It's okay. There is enough in the world. And lastly, collaboration is something that we have really, really grown in over the last two years. We have so many partners now. And not just partners that we give things to, but partners that are dynamic and innovative. And, and we identify, we'll give you this and, and in return we would like this. And that's why our partnerships work so well. So I'm going to explain some of the other things that we're doing, um, the programs that will demonstrate that partnership. But we have a really firm um, core value around sharing and collaboration. Cool? Yeah. Cool. All right, last time I did this about CareNet, I put up some data and it was really great to redo my slides from the old data to the new data. Let me show you what's happened. So last time I got up and did a big talk about CareNet was in 2021, actually. I don't even know where 2022 went. <laughs> Is what happened? Is it in the data? It's in the data. But does anybody else feel like they've come out of COVID and their sense of time in retrospect has just been like scrambled? It's like that part of my brain was like affected forever by COVID. I don't know if it was five years or three months. But anyway, in the last two years, let's say, we have gone from I actually can't see that slide and I can't read my paper. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand here. Okay. 2020, we were five to ten hampers a week. 
Now, in 2021, 70 plus hampers a week. In 2023, 130 plus hampers a week. We've gone from 400 kilos a week in 2021 to 2,000 kilos plus a week in food bank food and add on top of that another 1,000 kilos of rescued food a week, not a fortnight, a week. We started at 200 kilos a fortnight. We have gone from just a little bit of uh, kind of like the nuts and bolts of the program. In 2021, we had 15 shelving units. We now have 22 shelving units. But the thing that's not up there is in 2021, we had two domestic fridges and two domestic freezers. And one of those, I'm pretty sure, was like older than me. I used to call it the dinosaur freezer. That's how I identified it. We now have six six commercial fridges and actually one upstairs and we put one behind the bar because we were blessed and in abundance and two double door industrial freezers and now we need a cool room. So there's been increases in our assets. We've gone from 12 volunteers to 35 plus volunteers and they're active volunteers. We've also had more than that come and go in that period. And we are now at 17 plus community partnerships. And actually that is, that's, they're just the partnerships that are really um, give and take, yeah? They're really strong partnerships. We would be 30 plus in other kind of uh, less you know, other partnerships. So, what's going on? Other developments. That one's not on my notes. In the last two years, we have gone from a program at Manningham Christian Centre to being an incorporated charity. Now, if you had told me five years ago that I was going to have to know anything about governance models or what a company limited by guarantee meant, I would have gone, you've got the wrong gal. Let me tell you, I have been on a journey, a really boring journey of governance (laughs) and business structures. (laughs) No, look, it's exciting because of what we were doing. But we are now a, for, for the governance people in the room that, no more than me. We are now a company limited by guarantee and Manningham Christian Centre is our member. If you have more questions about that, ask Ron. Okay? You can come and see me, but I'll say go speak to Ron. Good? You better get ready, Dad. All right. We now have full tax deductibility. So every donation made to, every cash donation made to CareNet over $2 is now tax deductible. It's about, what, eight weeks to the end of the financial year? Just saying. Tell your friends. I don't know what you need to do in your finances, but if you need a tax deduction, CareNet is tax deductible now. We have staff. We have staff, guys. We pay people. You're not near as excited about that as I am. But we now, so I was be, I've been paid for a while um, part-time, but we now also employ Anna as our admin assistant, manager, admin genius. And we also employ Chantel Innes, who is our volunteer coordinator. And let me tell you, praise Jesus for that. 
right? Because the work gets bigger, the team's got to get bigger. Because I have to sleep and do fun things sometimes. So we have three staff members. And the last one, oh, I can't not mention the van. Hello, talk about increase in assets. Yes, Bendigo Bank of Templestowe and Doncaster bought us um, that the Mercedes Sprinter. It's the larger one. It's got like not cruise control. What's it got? Active cruise control. Didn't even know what that meant. If you want to talk Mercedes car stuff, also see Dad. Ron Rayton, Dad, okay? But it's pretty fancy and the back is not just refrigerated, it goes down to minus 20 so I could actually transport two pallets of ice cream. I don't know what I'd do with two pallets of ice cream. I'll call you, Josh, and we'll eat it. But it goes right down to freezing. So thank you very much, Bendigo Bank. What an amazing partnership. There are so many generous, yeah, give them a hand. There are a lot of generous businesses and organisations in our community that are willing to partner with good work. And the Bendigo Bank is one of them. So we have the Bendigo Bank. We also have the trailer, but we had that in 2021. But, um, and then lastly, we now have our own website as well. So we've got, we've been on social media for a while. We've got a website, www.carenet.org.au. And you can see a whole lot of updates on there. There's also some um, ways to give in that, don in that um, website. So if you would like to donate, um, follow, the, follow the prompts on the website and we'll get you a tax deductible receipt. All right. So let's talk a little bit about our donors. Um, now, Manningham Council's logo is bigger than the church's. That is just because it looked better that way. Okay, guys? Because I want to say that you are our biggest, you are our platinum donor. Manningham Christian Centre is, is our platinum donor to this, yes? Um, you guys... The way the church has supported CareNet and, and both with time and energy and giving us room and it's been amazing. So it's just because Manningham's logo, I think they did that on purpose actually. So their logo would always be bigger. But look, we do get a lot of our funding from Manningham Council, so we are very grateful for them and we have a really great partnership with them, one that we're able to actually have talk, uh, like talk community development, community service strategies between us and them about food insecurity and partnerships. So it's a really wonderful relationship. And then Bendigo Bank. Next, we have our charity partners. These are the charities that we use to receive uh, resource. Some of them we pay, some of them we support with data. Um, so food bank's a big one. They bring us 2,000 kilos of food a week. Fair share uh, drop in about 500 kilos of rescued food on a Tuesday. Give it, we've been very successful in getting different donations. Pets of the Homeless is pet food, obviously, that they deliver. Second Bite is who helps us rescue food through our supermarkets. Uh, Good 360, that's who we did our big clothing days and stuff with and sometimes... I should also add there's food for change now on that. 
There's Food for Change on that, um, that they've, they help us with food rescue as well. But I do want to highlight the good box because that is something that is very different since the last time we spoke. And the good box is who is in the old kids mini room yeah that's now where the good box is and the good box is a charity that started as a social enterprise by gully and maddie who are in queensland they both have backgrounds in corporate and media and, and things like that um and they make gift-like emergency relief boxes for people who are experiencing homelessness. And during the pandemic, they were sending a lot of those boxes down to Melbourne. And Gully, one of the founders, was moving to Melbourne. I don't know if that's why or whether, you know, I think that might have also been about family. But um, they were looking for somewhere to land as a charity and start their Melbourne... Um, centre. And so we got talking because we get along really well. We speak a lot of the same language. And um, and yeah, so the church agreed to have the good box co-locate with us for a period, which has been wonderful. Because one of the things that's one of the best things um, that's happened between the Good Box and CareNet is that because the Good Box were created from a social enterprise um, direction with founders that had corporate, um, I don't know, how to engage corporates, they came from that direction. And CareNet has been developed from a social work and a community development direction, when we now that we're co-located, we have been able to share our knowledge about our sectors. They've helped us uh, engage with corporates and helped us build a new income stream into our program. And we've done a lot of um, networking and, and kind of sharing who they are with the local people and pointing them in the right direction and introducing them. So it's great when organisations work together. Imagine what would happen when churches work together. Just, that was for free. I'm just going to throw that in because we are working with many churches. And so these are our community partners. These are people that are facilitating food relief with us. So right now, with all that food, 3,000 kilos plus of food a week is a lot. of. So obviously we have to get that in and move it out. And this is how we do it. All of these partners receive food from us in some way, shape or form. So we give... Ajani, Doncare, Warrandyte Neighbourhood House, Bansick, Diamond Valley and Green Hills and the Warrandyte Rotary Up Shop food every Wednesday and that actually resources their programs to be able to um, meet the need in their community. So we are not just operating food relief out of here. We are a vital service to these other services. Pentecost Church and Chapel Life. Is Chapel Life on there? Don't tell them. Chapel Life and Pentecost Church, they both use the mobile pantry, which I'll explain later, so that they can facilitate localised um, food relief in their area. And we have new partnerships emerging with some of the neighbourhood houses and Manningham Uniting Church just a block away to do our satellite pantries, but we'll talk about those in a minute. So we have lots and lots of partnerships and we're not just sharing food and sometimes resource and we go for partnership grants, but we're also building, um, We there's also through it, between these services a lot of times where sometimes I, as the manager of CareNet, seeing some kind of sad things in the community, community need to talk to other people that 
are also seeing it, they have the same background as me, yeah? And so we're also, but the beauty of these partnerships through the Food Collective Project is it, we are able to support each other as well. So we're building not just a well-resourced network but a resilient network where we are kind of sharing our ideas but also our concerns, supporting each other and it, it's really wonderful. It's really a wonderful, wonderful thing to be part of. Something really exciting that happened um, was that you may or may not know, but when Tim and Rose launched out and started engaging their community in Alfington, um, they actually used the mobile pantry to do that. They have been facilitating food relief in Alfington every second Monday morning and meeting their community members and meeting their needs and talking to them about this new church they're building and all. That is exciting that we can resource a church plant with a dynamic community program that is so important. And they're now being... Um, they're now exploring how they're being invited into other spaces in their community because of that, right? How good is that? That is the kingdom of God on earth. That's not just good social work. That is the kingdom of God. So the programs that I mentioned, these are them. We have the centre-based food relief program that you're familiar with that runs here with a large team. We actually were, our record before Easter was 72 families through the door in four hours. The week before Easter, 86 families through the door in four hours. That's, that's both exciting and sad. That's really bittersweet for me. I'm so proud of us and proud of the program that we've built, but I'm so sad for the community and how it's struggling and I'm quite concerned about that. But praise God, we're here to help. We have the mobile pantry that is done in partnership. That's the trailer that's newly signaged out in the car park that we stock it and another church or organisation, mostly churches at the moment, will pick it up and take it over to their space and facilitate food relief and then we have the satellite pantry network um, which are weatherproof rodent proof cupboards in the community that can be accessed 24 hours a day seven days a week discreetly because you know what sometimes when people need help they don't want to ask for it and they don't want you to know about it and if they don't want to tell you, I think that is their right because it can be very shame-triggering or embarrassing. And so we have developed models that this is part of our values around dignity and respect, that we are trying to get food to people that need it regardless of whether they want to talk to us or not. So right now we have two, one in Warrandyte, one in Wonga Park, and we are about to launch our third over at Manningham Uniting in Templestowe and we are looking for a Doncaster and a Bulleen partner because I'd like to get five of them going. Um, so that's really exciting. So some other projects, uh, you'll be familiar with the reverse advent calendar. I am just so surprised at how much the community love that project. They love it. And this year, there's some exciting developments around that. We have got a sponsor. Uh, we're going to do it in cardboard boxes rather than bags because I think that would be a little bit easier. And, um, and the first year we did it, we brought in over 140, I think it was, which was a shock to me because I threw it together so quickly. Um, but last year, we brought in over 360 
And it was actually so successful this year that we were able to give other organisations the boxes or the bags it was last year and say, do this with the community to resource your program, engage your community, people love it. And they were a bit like, oh, okay, because everyone's a little strung out around Christmas time. But, um, and everyone came back to me and were like, Kelly, oh my gosh, they love it. I'm like, I know they love it. It's amazing. So that's really exciting. We also, something that's happened in the last 12 months is that we've started having corporate volunteering, which is really excited. So we have had the QEC, uh, that's the Queen Elizabeth Centre, volunteer at our Christmas event. We have had um, Westfield Centre Management come and volunteer with us and do some work and also hear about our projects. Um, and we have other corporates and, and some private schools looking at doing that with us, which is really nice because it does bring in an income um, because corporate volunteering is something that you do pay for. And lastly, the thing that I'm probably almost most excited about at the moment is we have launched the Social Grocer. That's a whole nother conversation. I'm not going to tell you all all about it now but what I will tell you is that the social grocer is a sustainability um, it's a food waste reduction project the social grocer um, makes rescued food available to the community and encourages them to take what they need and give what they can in the way of a self-nominated donation, yeah? And so right now, and it's part of the way that we are also managing our surplus food because if you're moving 3,000 kilos and um, supporting eight other programs, we tow that line of surplus ourselves, yeah? And so on a Thursday, we are opening up here in the morning um, between 10 and 12 and inviting the community to come in and take what they need and give what they can. That That's really exciting and people are coming in and thanking us for making food available because they don't want to come to Food Relief because they're not there yet but they are saying things like, oh, this is so helpful because everything is so expensive at the moment. Did you know that the cost of groceries has gone up 8% in the last 12 months? 8%. No wonder people are struggling because whose pay went up 8%? Not mine. Um, so the social grocer has a really big future ahead of it. Uh, it has a full business plan that's been developed with a business advisor. Um, it's going to be a lot more than what I've just described to you. But um, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. All right. So what next and what do we need? We are growing rapidly. That's rapid growth, yes? That's rapid growth. And the things that we were talking about two years are not the, two years ago are not the things that we're talking about now. The number one um, priority that the board has I did, oh, I should say that because we're incorporated charity, we do have a board now. So on the board at the moment is Ron Rainton, Matt Wyatt, uh, Chris Montfort, who you may have met, she's been here before, but she helps at CareNet every week. And John Lockery was on the board um, and he's just recently stepped down, but he's going to continue to uh, do some work with us as a, a business advisor. Uh, and we are looking at some new you know, movement in the board. Um, so the board has identified that our number one priority this year is that we need to move our logistics off-site because we now drop 
eight to ten pallets at the front of the building and manually sort them and lift them in. It'd be really nice if we had like a pallet jack. Um, so we need to move into a warehouse, which is obviously a really big financial commitment. So we are working with councils and other stakeholders to do that. And we also currently have a GoFundMe um, that is that the details are on the website. We have a GoFundMe page to raise money towards that. It is a really big goal. But for about $100,000, $120,000, we can move into a warehouse and know that it's paid up for a year and we can fit it out how we need to fit it out. For $360,000, that's nothing, guys. Um, we could have um, financial security for three years. So that's... That's our biggest need right now. When we do that, and we will do that, when we move our logistics off-site, the food relief program stays here. I think that's really important, yeah? So we don't disappear, but the food relief program stays here, but it does mean that the church gets a little bit of space back and, um, and we can have a really safe and strong workplace that has room to grow. Secondly, we need more cold store. I mentioned the growth in our fridges, but we do need more. Um, so we're looking at things like, uh, we, we're at the point where we need a, a walk-in freezer, so a fridge, sorry. So we may even get a, a refrigerated container. We'll see. We'll see. I've got cold store twice. I must really need that. I need the warehouse more, guys. I should have put warehouse twice. Um, the social grocer is going to continue to grow. I, we don't have time to explain the whole vision there, but one day we will, and that's very exciting. Um, donations. We have two uh, food drive projects that we run now. Um, so the first being the reverse advent calendar that we discussed. Um, we also have an initiative this year that Anna is, is working on and has pretty much achieved now, which is the 12 months of food drive. So we have a community partner every month of this year, starting this month. And guess what, guys? You're the first for the year. Woo! Um, and then afterwards, we've got the Benigo Bank, we've got sporting teams, we've got all different places booked in schools um, for a food drive every month. Um, and we do have the, you'll see the cardboard boxes. They were donated to us by Abby, who are a box manufacturer. And we have 10 of those. So we are popping those around at the moment. Um, if you can think of one, if you have a workplace that you think would like to give food to, we'd love to hear about it. We have a few left to be put out. And look, obviously, as we do grow, when we get a warehouse, as we increase, uh, we need more paid staff. So, in terms of how can you help us, prayer, obviously, pray. Um, I, I'm so grateful for the donations that you guys have made. There are members of the church that, that give me a little bit of money every week and that's just so wonderful. Thank you very, very much. If you would like to make a donation, you can do it through the website and we can give you a tax receipt. Um, and if you give me cash on a Sunday and you want a tax receipt, you just need to ask me or I'll probably ask you. But obviously, finances is something that we do need. Um and volunteers, if you have time to volunteer, you know, and you could also donate groceries. There's a donation point here. But, you know, volunteers are the backbone of what we're doing, to be honest. We have a wonderful group of volunteers. And, and our volunteers are – a lot of people walk in and they say, this is, this is such a nice place to work. 
Um, and our volunteers, the 35 plus volunteers that we have are some church people here, some church people from elsewhere and a whole lot of community members. And it's so lovely to be to make new friends in the community and all be working together on this project. So if you would like to volunteer or if you know someone that might like to volunteer, we would love to hear from them. Um, and lastly, with volunteering, it's not just about turning up on... It's not just about turning up on the day and lifting food and things like that. There's a lot more that charities need than just muscle and a smiling face to provide customer service. We need things like social media and marking experience. We need accounting experience. We need um, governance experience. Beck Smith is helping us with our policies at the moment. We need... Um, you know, if you like to design social media or things like that, there's a lot. If you have a skill set and you think, oh, I could I could volunteer that, maybe you could do it from home or on site or whatever, there's a lot of things that we need. So if you've got a skill set that you think, oh, maybe they'd like that, come and speak to me or Anna and we'd love to talk to you about it. But the big thing that I really wanted to highlight today, that's all the work that's done. And, you know... I sometimes fall into the trap of feeling like that's... Because I'm a social worker. I've worked in social work for many years. And all of that just... That's what I'm trained to do. That's just what I do. You know what God is saying to me right now? That is the kingdom coming. That is heaven on earth. And... I want to share all of that with you because I want to celebrate the achievements that you have all been part of and the journey that we're on because I want to build your faith. But I also want to say to you, what if the church started praying like that? Your kingdom come, God, we want to see a breakthrough in housing prices. Your kingdom come, God, we want to see women safe in their families. Your kingdom come, God, we want to see nobody sleeping on the streets in our city and making and hearing those stirrings and going, that is God. That's not just a good idea. That is God. Out of conference the week before last, I came away from that really challenged about prayer and what would my life, this is the question that I'm asking myself that God has planted in my heart, what would my life and my faith look like if I was ready to pray for anybody every time they asked, they told me that they had a need? Anytime somebody said I'm a bit sick or I've got a sore ankle or whatever it is, as long as it was a respectful moment and I felt led by the Spirit to do it, imagine if every single time I said, I'd just really like to pray for you. What would my life look like? What would your life look like? What would the community, more importantly, look like if we all prayed and moved and thought like that? This week I've done it. On Wednesday, I chickened out. I'll tell you flat out right now, I knew that God was telling me to pray for somebody on Wednesday and I did not do it. But God is good. On Friday, I had two opportunities to pray for people, two different people. And you know, one of those people had already, within within five minutes, we saw movement 
in in a, an answer to prayer. And then I saw that person again a few hours later, about four hours later. And when I saw her the second time, she said, Kelly, you know what happened because you prayed? And she had seen a complete change of heart and breakthrough in another area that she'd been battling with within her workspace. To the point where they contacted her and said, we're going to give you this thing that you're asking for. For, I reckon, 18 months they've been resistant to that. A full change. Isn't that exciting? I'm so excited and I'm having more and more moments in my week when I speak to Matthew, when I speak to others, where I am acutely aware of the Holy Spirit with me. I am excited. We are seeing revival We are in the breakthrough like we spoke about last time. We just have to see it. We just have to see it and be part of it. Next week, Brett Linda's coming for a healing service and I'm going to be honest with you, the mortal human part of me would probably get a bit funny about that. But you know what? I am so excited about heaven on earth. Nobody has a sore hip in heaven. Nobody has depression in heaven. If you are unsure if the thing that is in front of you is something that you should pray for God's intervention in, just ask yourself the question, is it like that in heaven? Would it be like that in heaven? And if you go, no, I don't think that would be like that in heaven, God cares enough for you you to pray about it. And that is what I want you to go away with today, to recognise that we are in a period where the church is being mobilised to bring about heaven on earth. And revival doesn't only look like packed church services where our worship is really loud and people cry and fall down and do funny things. That's not revival. Revival is when... A full church is a symptom of revival because people want to be here to praise God and hear about God and be together and celebrate God. Revival is when things in the community start turning around, when they come back to life, when people have secure housing and, and others can say, you know what, that was, that was God through the church. That is also revival and it's coming. It's happening. I want you to get excited. I would really like to end today with prayer. But what I'd like you to do is to cluster together today. Cluster together in a few small pockets, four, five, six people. Let's not get too scientific about it. So obviously we have to get that in and move it out and this is how we do it. All of these partners receive food from us in some way, shape or form. So we give Ajani, Doncare, Warrandyte Neighbourhood House, Bansick, Diamond Valley and Green Hills and the Warrandyte Rotary Up Shop food every Wednesday and that actually resources their programs to be able to... Um, meet the need in their community. So we are not just operating food relief out of here. We are a vital service to these other services. Pentecost Church and Chapel Life, is Chapel Life on there? Don't tell them. Chapel Life and Pentecost Church, they both use the mobile pantry, which I'll explain later, so that they can facilitate localised Um, food relief in their area and we have new 
partnerships emerging with some of the neighbourhood houses and Manningham Uniting Church just a block away to do our satellite pantries, but we'll talk about those in a minute. So we have lots and lots of partnerships and we're not just sharing food and sometimes resource and we go for partnership grants, but we're also building, um, We there's also through it, between these services a lot of times where sometimes I, as the manager of CareNet, seeing some kind of sad things in the community, need to talk to other people that are also seeing it, they have the same background as me, yeah? And so we're also, but the beauty of these partnerships through the Food Collective Project is we are able to support each other as well. So we're building not just a well-resourced network, but a resilient network where we are kind of sharing our ideas, but also our concerns, supporting each other, and it, it's really wonderful. It's really a wonderful, wonderful thing to be part of. Something really exciting that happened um, was that you may or may not know, but when Tim and Rose launched out and started engaging their community in Alfington, um, they actually used the mobile pantry to do that. They have been facilitating food relief in Alfington every second Monday morning and meeting their community members and meeting their needs and talking to them about this new church they're building and all. That is exciting that we can resource a church plant with a dynamic community program that is so important. And they're now being... Um, they're now exploring how they're being invited into other spaces in their community because of that, right? How good is that? That is the kingdom of God on earth. That's not just good social work. That is the kingdom of God. So the programs that I mentioned, these are them. We have the centre-based food relief program that you're familiar with that runs here with a large team. We actually were, our record before Easter was 72 families through the door in four hours. The week before Easter, 86 families through the door in four hours. That's, that's both exciting and sad. That's really bittersweet for me. I'm so proud of us and proud of the program that we've built, but I'm so sad for the community and how it's struggling and I'm quite concerned about that. But praise God, we're here to help. We have the mobile pantry that is done in partnership. That's the trailer that's newly signaged out in the car park that we stock it and another church or organisation, mostly churches at the moment, will pick it up and take it over to their space and facilitate food relief and then we have the satellite pantry network um, which are weatherproof rodent proof cupboards in the community that can be accessed 24 hours a day seven days a week discreetly because you know what sometimes when people need help they don't want to ask for it and they don't want you to know about it and if they don't want to tell you, I think that is their right because it can be very shame-triggering or embarrassing. And so we have developed models that this is part of our values around dignity and respect, that we are trying to get food to people that need it regardless of whether they want to talk to us or not. So right now we have two, one in Warrandyte, one in Wonga Park, and we are about to launch our third over at Manningham Uniting in Templestowe and we are looking for a Doncaster and a Bulleen partner because I'd like to get five of them going. Um, so that's really exciting. So some other projects, uh, you'll be familiar with the reverse advent calendar 
I am just so surprised at how much the community love that project. They love it. And this year, there's some exciting developments around that. We have got a sponsor. Uh, we're going to do it in cardboard boxes rather than bags because I think that would be a little bit easier. And... Um, and the first year we did it, we brought in over 140, I think it was, which was a shock to me because I threw it together so quickly. Um, but last year we brought in over 360. And it was actually so successful this year that we were able to give other organisations the boxes or the bags it was last year and say, do this with the community to resource your program, engage your community, people love it. And they were a bit like, oh, okay, because everyone's a little strung out around Christmas time. But, um, and everyone came back to me and were like, Kelly, oh my gosh, they love it. I'm like, I know they love it, it's amazing. So that's really exciting. We also, something that's happened in the last 12 months is that we've started having corporate volunteering, which is really excited. So we have had the QEC, uh, that's the Queen Elizabeth Centre, volunteer at our Christmas event. We have had um, Westfield Centre Management come and volunteer with us and do some work and also hear about our projects. Um, and we have other corporates and, and some private schools looking at doing that with us, which is really nice because it does bring in an income um, because corporate volunteering is something that you do pay for. And lastly, the thing that I'm probably almost most excited about at the moment is we have launched the Social Grocer. That's a whole nother conversation. I'm not going to tell you all all about it now but what I will tell you is that the social grocer is a sustainability um, it's a food waste reduction project the social grocer will, um, makes rescued food available to the community and encourages them to take what they need and give what they can in the way of a self-nominated donation, yeah? And so right now, and it's part of the way that we are also managing our surplus food because if you're moving 3,000 kilos and um, supporting eight other programs, we tow that line of surplus ourselves, yeah? And so on a Thursday, we are opening up here in the morning um, between 10 and 12 and inviting the community to come in and take what they need and give what they can. That That's really exciting and people are coming in and thanking us for making food available because they don't want to come to Food Relief because they're not there yet but they are saying things like, oh, this is so helpful because everything is so expensive at the moment. Did you know that the cost of groceries has gone up 8% in the last 12 months? 8%. No wonder people are struggling because whose pay went up 8%? Not mine. Um, so the social grocer has a really big future ahead of it. Uh, it has a full business plan that's been developed with a business advisor. Um, it's going to be a lot more than what I've just described to you. But um, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. All right. So what next and what do we need? We are growing rapidly. That's rapid growth, yes? That's rapid growth. And the things that we were talking about two years are not the, two years ago are not the things that we're talking about now. The number one um, priority that the board has I did, oh, I should say that because we're incorporated charity, we do have a board now. So on the board at the moment is Ron Rainton, Matt Wyatt, 
uh, Chris Montfort, who you may have met. She's been here before, but she helps at CareNet every week. And John Lockery was on the board um, and he's just recently stepped down, but he's going to continue to uh, do some work with us as a a business advisor. Uh, And we are looking at some new you know, movement in the board. Um, So the board has identified that our number one priority this year is that we need to move our logistics off-site because we now drop eight to ten pallets at the front of the building and manually sort them and lift them in. It'd be really nice if we had like a pallet jack. Um, So we need to move into a warehouse, which is obviously a really big financial commitment. So we are working with councils and other stakeholders to do that. And we also currently have a GoFundMe um, that is that the details are on the website. We have a GoFundMe page to raise money towards that. It is a really big goal. But for about $100,000, $120,000, we can move into a warehouse and know that it's paid up for a year and we can fit it out how we need to fit it out. For $360,000, that's nothing, guys. Um, We could have um, financial security for three years. So that's... That's our biggest need right now. When we do that, and we will do that, when we move our logistics off-site, the food relief program stays here. I think that's really important, yeah? So we don't disappear, but the food relief program stays here, but it does mean that the church gets a little bit of space back and um, and we can have a really safe and strong workplace that has room to grow. Secondly, we need more cold store. I mentioned the growth in our fridges, but we do need more. Um, so we're looking at things like, uh, we, we're at the point where we need a, a walk-in freezer, so a fridge, sorry. So we may even get a, a refrigerated container. We'll see. We'll see. I've got cold store twice. I must really need that. I need the warehouse more, guys. I should have put warehouse twice. Um, the social grocer is going to continue to grow. I, we don't have time to explain the whole vision there, but one day we will, and that's very exciting. Um, donations. We have two d- uh, food drive projects that we run now. Um, so the first being the reverse advent calendar that we discussed. Um, we also have an initiative this year that Anna is is working on and has pretty much achieved now, which is the 12 months of food drive. So we have a community partner every month of this year starting this month. And guess what, guys? You're the first for the year. Woo! Um, and then afterwards, we've got the Benigo Bank, we've got sporting teams, we've got all different places booked in schools um, for a food drive every month. Um, and we do have the, you'll see the cardboard boxes. They were donated to us by Abby, who are a box manufacturer. And we have 10 of those. So we are popping those around at the moment. Um, if you can think of one, if you have a workplace that you think would like to give food to, we'd love to hear about it. We have a few left to be put out. And look, obviously, as we do grow, when we get a warehouse, as we increase, uh, we need more paid staff. So, in terms of how can you help us, prayer, obviously, pray. Um, 
I'm so grateful for the donations that you guys have made. There are members of the church that that give me a little bit of money every week and that's just so wonderful. Thank you very, very much. If you would like to make a donation, you can do it through the website and we can give you a tax receipt. Um, And if you give me cash on a Sunday and you want a tax receipt, you just need to ask me or I'll probably ask you. But obviously finances is something that we do need. Um... And volunteers, if you have time to volunteer, you know, and you could also donate groceries. There's a donation point here. But, you know, volunteers are the backbone of what we're doing, to be honest. We have a wonderful group of volunteers. And and our volunteers are, a lot of people walk in and they say, this is, this is such a nice place to work. Um, and our volunteers, the 35 plus volunteers that we have are some church people here, some church people from elsewhere and a whole lot of community members. And it's so lovely to be to make new friends in the community and all be working together on this project. So if you would like to volunteer or if you know someone that might like to volunteer, we would love to hear from them. Um, and lastly, with volunteering, it's not just about turning up on... It's not just about turning up on the day and lifting food and things like that. There's a lot more that charities need than just muscle and a smiling face to provide customer service. We need things like social media and marking experience. We need accounting experience. We need um, governance experience. Beck Smith is helping us with our policies at the moment. We need... um, you know, if you like to design social media or things like that, there's a lot. If you have a skill set and you think, oh, I could I could volunteer that, maybe you could do it from home or on site or whatever, there's a lot of things that we need. So if you've got a skill set that you think, oh, maybe they'd like that, come and speak to me or Anna and we'd love to talk to you about it. But the big thing that I really wanted to highlight today, that's all the work that's done. And, you know... I sometimes fall into the trap of feeling like that's... Because I'm a social worker. I've worked in social work for many years. And all of that just... That's what I'm trained to do. That's just what I do. You know what God is saying to me right now? That is the kingdom coming. That is heaven on earth. And... I want to share all of that with you because I want to celebrate the achievements that you have all been part of and the journey that we're on because I want to build your faith. But I also want to say to you, what if the church started praying like that? Your kingdom come, God, we want to see a breakthrough in housing prices. Your kingdom come, God, we want to see women safe in their families. Your kingdom come, God, we want to see nobody sleeping on the streets in our city and making and hearing those stirrings and going, that is God. That's not just a good idea. That is God. Out of conference the week before last, I came away from that really challenged about prayer and what would my life, this is the question that I'm asking myself that God has planted in my heart, what would my life and my faith look like if I was ready to pray for anybody every time they asked, they told me that they had a need? Anytime somebody said I'm a bit sick or I've got a sore ankle or whatever it is, As long as it was a respectful moment and I felt led by the Spirit to do it, imagine if every single time I said, I'd just really like to pray for you. 
what would my life look like? What would your life look like? What would the community, more importantly, look like if we all prayed and moved and thought like that? This week I've done it. On Wednesday, I chickened out. I'll tell you flat out right now, I knew that God was telling me to pray for somebody on Wednesday and I did not do it. But God is good. On Friday, I had two opportunities to pray for people, two different people. And, you know, one of those people had already, within within five minutes, we saw movement in, in a, an answer to prayer. And then I saw that person again a few hours later, about four hours later. And when I saw her the second time, she said, Kelly, you know what happened because you prayed? And she had seen a complete change of heart and breakthrough in another area that she'd been battling with within her workspace. To the point where they contacted her and said, we're going to give you this thing that you're asking for. For I reckon 18 months they have, they've been resistant to that. A full change. Isn't that exciting? I'm so excited and I'm having more and more moments in my week when I speak to Matthew, when I speak to others, where I am acutely aware of the Holy Spirit with me. I am excited. We are seeing revival. We are in the breakthrough like we spoke about last time. We just have to see it. We just have to see it and be part of it. Next week, Brett Linda's coming for a healing service and I'm going to be honest with you, the mortal human part of me would probably get a bit funny about that. But you know what? I am so excited about heaven on earth. Nobody has a sore hip in heaven. Nobody has depression in heaven. If you are unsure if the thing that is in front of you is something that you should pray for God's intervention in, just ask yourself the question, is it like that in heaven? Would it be like that in heaven? And if you go, no, I don't think that would be like that in heaven, God cares enough for you you to pray about it. And that is what I want you to go away with today, to recognise that we are in a period where the church is being mobilised to bring about heaven on earth. And revival doesn't only look like packed church services where our worship is really loud and people cry and fall down and do funny things. That's not revival. Revival is when... A full church is a symptom of revival because people want to be here to praise God and hear about God and be together and celebrate God. Revival is when things in the community start turning around, when they come back to life, when people have secure housing and, and others can say, you know what, that was, that was God through the church. That is also revival and it's coming. It's happening. I want you to get excited. I would really like to end today with prayer. But what I'd like you to do is to cluster together today. Cluster together in a few small pockets, four, five, six people. Let's not get too scientific about it. I want you to pray together for revival. But revival in terms of social justice, in terms of health. Pray for each other. Pray what you feel God wants for this community. Can we do that? Get into your little groups now. I would really- 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your savior, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you, and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected. We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.